We believe that America is still a country where there is more to life than just a constant struggle for money. And we believe that America must have leaders who show us that our struggles amount to something and contribute to something larger. Leaders who want us to be all that we can be. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. That moment of democracy inspiration was the late Ann Richards, first female governor of Texas, speaking about economic injustice at the 1988 Democratic National Convention, when she was then Texas's state treasurer. I'm Jason Franklin, senior advisor at One for Democracy, and it's good to be back with you after a week off on this Tuesday, July 13th. Moving from 1988 to today, I'm keeping my eye on ongoing legislation and positioning around federal and state voting rights, and also some major moves on federal economic policymaking. While there have been some mentions about a new Mansion Compromise Bill being quietly negotiated that would be a streamlined version of the For the People Act, there's been no concrete next steps or details out yet. Uh, Senator Schumer did send a letter to his colleagues calling the filibustered vote to begin the debate on the For the People Act the opening rather than the closing vote and noted that work might continue past the expected August recess date. I think that is quite likely. Biden's been also speaking out very publicly on this, and many activists continue to note there's a slow but steady pressure campaign as Democrats are really clear that the best possible way to protect our right to vote is to pass the For the People Act or a similar bill this summer. Meanwhile, fight over voting rights down in the states is continuing really fiercely. In Texas, uh, a special session was called of the state legislature to bring them back to work to try again uh, by Republicans to pass a broad-ranging anti-voting law that would, among other things, ban drive-through early voting, ban 24-hour early voting locations, add new voter ID requirements for absentee voting, prohibit local officials from sending out absentee ballot applications en masse. If you didn't ask for it, you can't get one and limit oversight of partisan poll watchers by imposing criminal penalties on election officials for getting in their way. Now, after a public backlash on the last round, they're no longer seeking to ban Sunday early voting, and they have backed off trying to make it easier for Republican officials to overturn election results. But otherwise, they're basically making it harder to vote, especially for counties with one million people or more, all the big population centers in Texas. At least 51 Democrats actually left Texas and fled Austin to come up to Washington, D.C., where they're aiming to camp out until the 30-day special session ends on August 6th to try to stop or delay passage of these laws by denying the legislature a quorum. But most of the experts think this is really a delay tactic, and maybe it'll help build pressure for passing the For the People Act. On the litigation front, a federal district court rejected a request to block parts of the sweeping Georgia voter restrictions, and the League of Women Voters and other advocacy groups suspended all voter registration efforts due to fear of prosecution under a new law in Kansas while they await a lawsuit challenging that law's legality. However, Republicans did get a defeat when the New Hampshire Supreme Court unanimously struck down a 2017 law that made it much more difficult for young voters and college students in particular to cast their ballots with new voter residency requirements. There are going to be a lot more legal updates coming in the next few weeks as so many cases are being litigated about how we can or cannot protect the right to vote. On the positive front, 
Uh, Delaware passed a new automatic voter registration law and it was signed into law this week. And California legislators are moving forward two bills that would create a statewide standard for verifying mail ballot signatures, ensuring that military and overseas voters have access to same day voter registration. So some new good measures coming out, mostly from a small handful of democratically controlled states. Turning from voting rights to economic policy, which will have a profound impact both on the daily lives of Americans, the reason we care about politics itself is what does it do to us, but also the political outlook for the midterm elections. On Thursday, the Treasury Department will begin mailing out the $300 payments for the child tax credit. This will cover 39 million households, almost 88% of U.S. children. And that was created by the COVID stimulus bill Democrats passed back in March. Experts are expecting this to cut child poverty in half, an achievement that has unprecedented. And it could really shift support for other major democratic bills and potentially how people vote in the midterm. So we'll be keeping an eye on seeing how does the messaging and experience of that new piece of legislation play out. Also on the economic justice front, Biden's new executive order on corporate competition is making a lot of waves. While most agencies actually have a lot of latitude in how they implement a presidential instruction around regulation, the bold stance against monopoly power has many wondering if this is going to signal kind of a realignment of the Democratic Party towards worker and consumer rights. He took on a lot of big hot button issues with this executive order. Prescription drug prices and generics, hearing aids, internet service, agriculture supplies, all is being overpriced because of a lack of competition and really speaking to different constituencies across the country. He also took aim at the non-compete clauses that make it harder for workers to change jobs. Biden said, I'm a proud capitalist when he talked about this executive order, but then continued, but let me be very clear, capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's exploitation. So trying to weave this messaging and narrative, how do you support capitalism, but also support constraints on unbridled capitalism and, comp and monopoly competition. Finally, as debate continues on the infrastructure bill, and particularly if it is doing enough on climate, over 10% of the American population right now is under a heat advisory in this third heat wave to sweep through the West this summer. Record-setting temperatures, natural disasters from tropical storms to fires are going to be the kind of heightened backdrop for these debates in Washington. And I expect in the next few weeks, we're going to see even more conversation about how the infrastructure bill links to the experience of these natural disasters we're seeing right this moment. So that's all for this week. Thanks for joining me to hear a quick review of the key issues from voting rights to economic policymaking. I'm Jason Franklin. It's Tuesday, July 13th. Thanks for joining me for this week's 10 Minutes on Democracy.